biology. 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 Hello and welcome to another episode of the HSC Biology Podcast. Today we move on through the syllabus to the next dot point, which is assess the causes and effects of diseases on agricultural production, including but not limited to plant diseases and animal diseases. Obviously making a big emphasis on the is in that one um, because it says causes, effects, diseases, and then plant disease diseases and animal diseases as well. Lots of S's, lots of plurals, therefore, for this one, I recommend you get two plant diseases and two animal diseases to look at. I'm only going to go through one of each today and give you a few more examples if you'd like to use them. Um, but yeah, there's probably not enough time to go through all four. So I am combining today's uh, podcast with a bit of a long read Sunday style article. Um, I found an article that I think addresses the plant disease uh, really well. It goes through the causes and the effects in quite a lot of detail. Um, and then I'll give you some opinion at the end. And uh, that will be our plant diseases. And then I have a, an animal disease to go through as well. So I hope you enjoyed today's episode, guys. And as always, uh, the resources and information I use will be over on the Facebook page. So make sure you check that out. All right. Enjoy. So the article titled today from Time Magazine is What Can We Learn from the Near Death of the Banana? Now I'm just skipping the intro. It does go into a bit of an elaborate entry, so I'm just going to read from a couple paragraphs down. The story of the banana is really the story of modern agriculture exemplified in a single fruit. It has all of the ingredients of equitability and sustainability issues, disease pressure and climate change impact all in one. It's a very good lesson for us. 99% of exported bananas are a variety called the Cavendish, the attractive golden yellow fruit seen in the supermarket today. But that wasn't always the case. There are many varieties of banana in the world, and until the latter half of the 19th century, the dominant one was called the Gros Michel. That's G-R-O-S Michel. It was widely considered tastier than the Cavendish and more difficult to bruise. But in the 1950s, the crop was swept by a strain of Panama disease, also known as banana wilt, brought on by the spread of a noxious soil-inhabiting fungus. Desperate for a solution, the world's banana farmers turned to the Cavendish. The Cavendish was resistant to the disease and fit other market needs. It could stay green for several weeks after being harvested, ideal for shipments to Europe. It had a high yield rate and it looked good in stores. Plus, multinational fruit companies had no other disease-resistant varieties available that could be ready quickly for mass exportation. The switch worked. As the Gros Michel was ravaged by disease, the Cavendish banana took over the world's markets and kitchens. In fact, the entire banana supply chain is now set up to suit the very specific needs of that variety. To the people who pay attention to such things, it wasn't long before the case of banana deja vu set in. The Cavendish had supplanted the Gros Michel, but even though it had initially been selected for being disease resistant, it was still at risk. Almost a decade ago, Dan Kropel, author of Banana, The Fate of the Fruit That Changed the World, warned in an NPR interview that Panama disease would return to the world's largest banana exporters, and this time with a strain that would hit the Cavendish hard. Every single banana scientist I spoke to, and that was quite a few, says it's not an if, it's a when, and 10 to 30 years, he said. 
It only takes a single clump of contaminated dirt, literally, to get this thing rampaging across entire continents. Sure enough, the confirmation of the presence of Tropical Race 4, TR4, another strain of Panama disease on banana farms in Colombia, prompted this summer's declaration of an emergency there. The situation is very urgent, says Beba. There are a number of ways the problem can spread. When it comes to bananas, everything from truck tires to workers' boots can be disease carriers. But the bigger problem is how hard it is to stop. Because banana farmers are overwhelmingly growing the same exact crop, the Cavendish, they are all vulnerable to the same disease. A lot of people would agree that we need to move to a more diverse, more sustainable system for bananas and agriculture in general, says Beba, where we don't put all our hopes into a single genetically identical crop. There is a name for this situation, monoculture, the practice of fostering just one variety of something. Monoculture has its benefits. The entire system is standard, so there are rarely new production and maintenance processes, and everything is compatible and familiar to users. On the other hand, as banana farmers learned, in a monoculture, all instances are prone to the same set of attacks. If someone or something figures out how to affect just one, the entire system is put at risk. So I'm just going to skip a couple of paragraphs here. They uh, liken the monoculture of bananas to that of the computer world. So a lot of computers and programs are built um, on the same basic code, and so they're vulnerable to attack. So it goes into a bit of detail and uses a, a pretty good analogy, which students might understand, um, and, and really breaks up the idea that uh, we need uh, diversity no matter where we are um, in computers, in um, monocultures, or in, in banana varieties. The idea is that variation will protect us from any significant changes. So back to the article. For bananas, addressing the problem caused by monoculture may be harder as market standards and supply chains make it very expensive for fruit companies to cultivate multiple varieties. Existing disease-resistant varieties haven't made inroads in the international market, but the Honduras Foundation for Agricultural Research has spent more than three years working on developing a disease-resistant variety that is as close as possible to the Cavendish so that the world's bananas infrastructure doesn't have to be reshaped from scratch. Still, that's a process that can take 15 to 20 years, Beber estimates. Genetic engineering can lead the development of new varieties at much faster rates than the traditional breeding methods, but it can also turn consumers off. However, it has been the answer to similar problems in the past. For example, when the papaya ring spot virus threatened the papaya supply in 1990s, the major supply shock was averted through the development of the transgenic ring spot virus resistant papaya, explains Cornell Barrett. He believes that consumers' fears might ease as it becomes one of the only viable answers to the issues created by a monoculture production. The UK-based biotech company, Tropical Biosciences, has received $10 million in funding to use gene editing technology to research solutions to widespread issues with tropical crops, focusing specifically on disease resistance in bananas. And while even the most Cavendish-like of FHIA's disease-resistant varieties, a banana known as the FHIA-18, hasn't yet made the standard for multinational buyers, that may change, according to Adolfo Martinez. It's still not close enough to the Cavendish, he says but he thinks the crisis may convince them. Maybe now companies will be more interested in it. So what's next for the banana? Will it simply disappear from our diets, album covers, and video games? Beber says the banana may change, but hopes are high that it won't completely vanish. Science, he says, will find a way. Meanwhile, tech researchers are watching, hoping they can once again learn a lesson from biology, learning how to prevent a crisis before everything goes bananas.
so a good recap there of the uh, Panama disease. And I'll just go over and re reiterate the key points um, really for the dot point that you'd want to know. Um, and so the dot point says the causes and effects on agricultural production. And so the cause of this one is a fungi. Um, it's the Fusarium oxysporum, if you want to look it up. But the Panama disease fungus, uh, you can also call it. And the most recent one they're talking about is TR4, so tropical race 4. And it really is a very potent disease. It, it has the ability to completely um, destroy a continent's crop, um, even with a small amount of soil. Um, where it starts. The soil is contaminated for um, a very long period of time after, so you can't actually grow any new bananas on there. And so, yeah, this entire species was wiped out, uh, the Gros Michel, and obviously the new one, the Cavendish, is now here, but it's a monoculture, has no genetic diversity. A really good uh, thing to talk about with your students either way, um, because it brings up so many valid points for the syllabus. So, what are the effects? Well, when it affects the plant, we're looking at a blockage of the water-carrying vessels in the plant, which causes leaves to wilt. Um, less leaves means that it's not able to do photosynthesis and carry out other processes. Um, therefore, the uh, production rate is going to decrease, the yield is going to decrease, the amount of money that you're getting per banana plant is going to decrease, and eventually you'll lose that banana uh, plant altogether, so the death of the banana, and that decrease in yield, decrease in, in money can eventually cause the farmer to unfortunately not be able to run the farm at a profit anymore, so they could lose their job, and there's less money for the economy as well. So in Australia, there's been a couple reported cases of TR4, and farmers are extremely scared. There's um, a pretty significant um, quarantine method. What they're expecting before you go from farm to farm is you wash your feet, you wash your trucks, you wash every bit of item that you have before you go in and then you stand and walk through um, chemical troughs so that you uh, kill anything that could be on your feet. But again, scientists are thinking it's an if, not a when. So this is where, as they said at the end, science may come in with genetic engineering, but are people going to accept that if it means their bananas are genetically engineered? Uh, well, if they have no bananas versus some bananas, that's when we're going to start to see some people maybe change sides and, and feel a bit more comfortable. But variation, variation is key here, and, and that monoculture really doesn't allow for that. So a really good one to talk about, uh, many points you can bring up. And most of the effects on agricultural production, so the dot point itself, are going to be the same. You're going to have a decrease in yield, a decrease in, in the rate of production, uh, um, a decrease in the quality of production um, and the quality of the item, a decrease in money earned for the farmer and overall less money for the economy. So really similar themes for all the effects from agricultural production, but specifically Panama could, could potentially be completely wiped out. So a good one to talk about there. All right, let's take a look at an animal example now, and a good one to do is foot rot in sheep and goats. Now, foot rot is a condition that affects the feet of sheep, which is good because it's in the name, and it does look like rotting, so most students will be able to pick this up quite quickly. It is caused by a bacteria known as Dicelobacter nodosus, and it can be associated with other bacteria as well, but that's the main one that is present. Now, in terms of this bacteria's presence in the feet, it usually occurs in wet soil and it can last up to four days in that soil. In the actual hoof of the animal, it can last for up to, uh, well, it can last for years in the feet of infected sheep. 
and the infected sheep obviously will then be walking around on the ground and that can then be passed on from sheep to sheep. Now in terms of the effect on the sheep itself, um, well, it's going to have sort of painful swelling. There may be discharge present. There might be some bleeding. There might be some uh, abscesses forming or pus. Um, it can have a pretty unpleasant smell, which is what sort of gives it away that it is present. And the sheep itself is going to um, have some lameness, so not be able to move very well. It'll be quite clear the sheep is limping around. Now, when a sheep um, or a flock obviously have this condition, it's going to decrease their health and that's going to decrease the quality of products that you're trying to extract from them. And as I said before, that decrease in yield is going to lead to decrease in money, is going to lead to decrease in um, contributions to the economy. And so we're going to have similar problems all the way throughout. But yeah, just to reiterate the effects, so the causes are a bacteria. It's going to uh, infect the in between the toes of the sheep and it's going to get passed on either from sheep that have stand, stood on the ground and it's, it's in the dirt itself or the sheep will actually um, touch or physically be next to one another and that will cause them to get the condition. There are many different things that can happen with the uh, foot rot. They have a bad smell as I said. There could be pus or discharge or bleeding. Um, and mainly the best way to sort of fix the problem or to minimize is to get the sheep to walk through those chemical baths again um, in order to kill any bacteria and knock anything off. It's not recommended to trim the toenails apparently. I don't know too much about this, but they say not to trim the toenails. It should just be cleaned the area and they should be um, bathed in some sort of chemical bath. Alright, before we finish, I'm going to give you two more examples that you can check out on your own. The first plant example is myrtle rust. And myrtle rust is a good example to use because it comes up later in the syllabus when we talk about a specific plant disease. I like to look at the effect of myrtle rust on the eucalyptus plant. But we can fit this in sort of to agriculture because the production of tea tree and eucalyptus oil is agricultural. And so... Myrtle rust is a good condition to look at because it kind of crosses two dot points. So do make sure you check that out and it does affect the production of tea tree which is used um, globally and uh, also the production of eucalyptus oil which is used globally as well. The animal disease I recommend you look up would be anthrax and anthrax is another good one because it crosses over with Pasteur's work and you can talk about the fact that he used the, his understanding of disease to figure out that anthrax was caused by bacteria in the soil. So another good crossover there. And anthrax is still present, still something that needs to be uh, managed in an agricultural setting. So I hope you enjoyed that today, guys. And as always, make sure you check out STEM Reactor at stemreactor.com.au. If you want any biotechnology equipment at your school, they've got just about everything you need. So that's stemreactor.com.au. All right, see you next time. Bye.